You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Again, hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey? Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is great to be back once again today. No Neil this week, but wasn't he fun last week? I hope you enjoyed him, and we'll be getting him on more frequently. Uh, just probably not every week. It's just how it goes. You know, schedules, busy this, busy that. Eh, you know. <laughs> Me, I think I'm just too locked up right now, but we'll see what happens. All right, well, what a wonderful week for the Minnesota Wild. I picked them to go 2-1 and one last week. In fact, I was almost afraid of that Andrew Hammond of the Ottawa Senators, who'd been having a, a very brief Devin Dubnik-like run that continues to prosper after the Wild beat <laughs> the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> it's just, the Wild went 3-0 and this week, folks. I mean, to put it in a nutshell, they went 3-0. and I mean, unbelievable. What a run for this team in general. Devin Dubnik only giving up four goals in three games again this week. The energy, the passion, the aggressiveness by the Wild, the ability to, to survive and uh, not get, you know, caught in a trap like they did earlier this season, well, just a couple weeks ago against the Edmonton Oilers when they played the Carolina Hurricanes this past week. Oh my, what an... <laughs> I mean, I can't believe it. They, they just continue to surge. They continue to climb up the standings. We'll talk about that near the end of this segment and possibly into the uh, the second segment. Going to continue the two-segment dealy. We also are going to talk about some trades that took place. And uh, when do I start talking about those? Um, let's just talk about them now before I get too confused, too thrown off here. Even though they took place, well, the players started to play on the Minnesota Wild on Thursday, March the 5th. But, um, yeah, let's let's just talk about them right now. Chris Stewart was acquired for the Minnesota Wild, and he was the last one. Last but not least, Chris Stewart. It's like, wait a minute, Chris Stewart? Yeah, the Minnesota Wild acquired Chris Stewart, the former Colorado Avalanche, St. Louis Blue, and Buffalo Sabre, among others. He's been traded a lot, a big, strong SOB. <laughs> We've seen him before with the St. Louis Blues and Colorado Avalanche. Of course we have. Not necessarily in the playoffs or anything. But, yeah. <laughs> We've seen him. He's a tough guy. He's also an inconsistent player. That's why he's been traded. But he has a lot of talent. And he looks good so far. Nothing special yet. But looks good so far. A lot of us were complaining not that long ago. That we need some toughness. There is no there is no tough guy on the Minnesota Wild right now. Okay, I think Charlie Coyle is more of a tough guy than he gets credit, but there's no overall tough guy to kind of, well, protect some of our big big stars out there. Are <laughs> They're not particularly big, but, you know, yeah, you get the idea. Our skill players out there, when the Winnipeg Jets, even Colorado Avalanche teams like that, St. Louis Blues, for Pete's sake, try to push us around, some of the Blackhawks and such, Brandon Saad, guys like that. Brandon Saad's more of an antagonist than a physical player, but you get the idea. Teams like Ottawa, who are pretty physical as well, even though we never see them. <laughs> they beat us 3 nothing earlier this season with their starting goalie, and then, 
We survive and beat Andrew Hammond. Fantastic. But yeah, Chris Stewart brings size, skill, and hope. He's also on an expiring contract. He will be a free agent this summer, which also has Chuck Fletcher excited overall to have him because he's going to have to work his butt off to try to get as much money as he possibly can. That's where, obviously, a lot of people get worried, like in the Devin Dubnik case. Is he going to want, like, $70 billion? <laughs> is he going to want, like, a maximum contract or something something up there, like one of the elite goalies in the league, and then you pay him, and then, funny, he's not as good as he was last year. You know, that's obviously the fear that you come in in these contract seasons. We'll see what happens. I'm not really convinced that Chris Stewart's going to be a member of the Minnesota Wild after this season. Who knows, though? Maybe he'll be a hero in the playoffs. Just maybe something very, very magical will occur as I continue to head towards talking about that in the not-too-distant future on segment one. Okay, there were other trades. Yeah, there were some others. Yes, uh, Jordan Leopold is in Minnesota finally. Yeah, as I was predicting, and obviously because other media outlets had been talking about it for a while, that Jordan Leopold was a guy the Minnesota Wild had been targeting for a little while now uh, because of his positioning, the left shot, the left side. So they needed that guy, and they finally got him. So there there you go. He fills a need, and of course there was the adorable little letter that the daughter wrote way back in January saying how, gosh, you guys are struggling so much, you need a defenseman so bad, my father's so lonely over there in Columbus, and, and we really miss him so much. Please, please, please trade for <laughs> Jordan Leopold, my father Jordan Leopold, to come to the Minnesota Wild. So he can finally come home once and for all, regardless if this becomes his final season because nobody wants him, or if he could, who knows, maybe he can stick around for a couple years. And the way he's been playing, yeah, maybe, possibly, we'll see. But um, that was cool, that helped. Uh, <laughs> but the Minnesota Wild didn't learn about this contract, or excuse me, this contract, this letter, until, well, like the, like the day or so before the trade deadline, so up, oh, the pressure was on, and now <laughs> Chuck Fletcher's talking about, oh, she should get a job in communications with the Minnesota Wild. He's just kind of having fun with it, but that was pretty cool, and who knows, maybe she will be someday, like in the distant future, the distant future. Who knows, maybe Jordan Leopold will be here in the uh, in the organization or or the media or something. Who, who knows? Or he'll just disappear like Neil Broughton. Like, who's, who's heard from Neil Broughton the last 25 years? I mean, I sure haven't. <laughs> That's for damn sure. So, overall, there you go. You get the, Jordan Leopold is acquired for a fifth-round pick and Justin Falk. Uh, Chris Stewart was acquired, though, for a second-round pick in 2017. The Buffalo Sabres were hoping to get this year's pick, but, eh, you know, they have enough. Chuck Fletcher's decided, you know what, this team's had enough of our picks because we traded them every single year. Every single year, it's always a significant name. Jason Pominville for, gosh, I think it was a first-round pick and a second-round pick for him. And then you go to Matt Molson for two second-round picks. Yeah, that was last year. We were we were stupid last year. Okay, I'm just kidding. It's just, he was a familiar name. We Most hockey fans know who Matt Molson is. But, unfortunately, he did not <laughs> live up to any amount of the hype possible. Two second-round picks for a guy that scores a goal once in a blue moon. Had about as much energy as a rock. Yeah, well, he went back to the Buffalo Sabres, so good on them, I guess. They get two second-round picks there. That's a total of three, and when you throw in Chris Stewart, and I believe four, when you include Jason Pominville and a first-rounder for Pominville. So, yeah, watch the Buffalo Sabres be like the next dynasty about five or so years from now when some of those guys pan out. Ouch. <laughs> Just watch. That's Minnesota sports luck. It really is, and you all know it. You all know how it goes here in Minnesota when we trade away draft picks. It seems to always turn out that way, like... Oh, you know that superstar in Buffalo? Yeah, well, you know what? They, 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 <laughs> they, the draft pick they used was acquired from the Minnesota Wild for Matt Molson. Yeah, that, that, that's the greatest trade ever. But, uh, what can you do? Stuff happens, right? So there you go. Minnesota, oh, and by the way, there was the Devin Dubnik, right? No, I'm kidding. That was a few weeks ago. Chuck Fletcher's been quite busy with the trades of late. It really, uh, Every time he's like, oh, there's not going to be a trade. There's always something. And the Chris Stewart one came up at the last second because it was, uh, you know, if the if things fall through with some of these other deals you're talking, these other teams you're talking to, if things fall through, give me a call. And that's exactly what Buffalo did. It's kind of, well, basically they're just classic trade partners indeed. Oh, and yes, one other trade, one very uh, forgettable. <laughs> 
very forgettable type of trade. Uh, well, forgettable player took place. I wouldn't say it's a forgettable trade. It's a oh, there's a there's a you know there's some interest in it. Unfortunately, it's uh yeah, it's quite irritating to me as a Minnesota Wild fan. And it's also proof that regardless of how good your general manager is, he's going to miss sometimes. Remember the whole remember the whole Brent Burns trade to the San Jose Sharks a few years back when, of course, there was another situation where absolutely not trading Brent Burns whatsoever. No chance we're trading Brent Burns. They traded him a, mere, a couple hours later in a huge blockbuster with the San Jose Sharks. Minnesota Wild also acquired <laughs> Devin Setaguchi out of the NHL. Oops. They acquired Charlie Coyle. Okay, you know. Eh, you know, he's, he's, this, he's this hot prospect with the Sharks. Uh, not sure if he's a hot prospect right now with what we've been seeing, but actually he's been improving significantly of late. We'll talk about that a little bit later on Facebook when we hear from Sebastian Ball. So we're going to get a little bit more active on Facebook again, which is nice. That'll be in segment number two. Uh, and then there was one other player that we acquired. Let's see, what was that? Well, yeah, we got the 28th pick in the in the draft. And uh, we acquired Zach Phillips. Uh, boy, you know, his numbers in juniors were okay. And, of course, I'm not there watching him, so you can't get mad at me. This is the 2011 draft, of course. Seems like it was <laughs> seems like it was more recent than that. Man, it's been that long already. But Zach Phillips has been traded to the Boston Bruins system. Yeah, he's on, he's in the, he's, he's on the Bruins, right? But, yeah, it's the system, unfortunately. The Providence Brewers, Brewers, Bruins. <laughs> For Jared Knight. And when you look at Jared Knight's numbers, boy, you thought Zach Phillips was a bust with, with what, what, 15 points in a, in like 40 games or whatever. Well, you got Jared Knight. Boy, he's got like three points in 35 games. Three points. Oh, but don't worry, though. Don't worry. Jared Knight's a defenseman. Yeah, don't worry. He's just a stay-at-home defenseman. Oh, no, he's not. He's actually... A forward, just like Zach Phillips. In fact, he's a center, just like Zach Phillips. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, it's a great trade, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just misunderstood, you know, that's all that is. You know, it's no no biggie. Just like Zach Phillips, he's misunderstood too. We'll be hearing his name with the Boston Bruins someday. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah, that sucks, 28th overall pick. And, well, there it is. I guess we've given up on... Zach Phillips, and I don't even know why I'm saying I guess, we gave up on Zach Phillips. It's over. And, yeah, he's been, he'd been dwindling. He'd been dropping deeper and deeper and deeper into whatever it is. I guess hockey depression, I suppose. I mean, he'd been just been falling further and further into oblivion, and it's disappointing. Same thing with Jared Knight, who had a slightly more productive season last year for the Providence Bruins. And he had about, what, 17 points and like, or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Wish I had it in front of me, but then again, it's minor league numbers. Uh, it is what it is. But certainly nothing special. The, the thing that stood out the most was the three points this year at about 35 games. Just hideous. Hideous. Center for center. My goodness. I mean, seriously, my goodness. Just, <laughs> huh, huh. Uh, didn't think it was possible, but it's possible. It's uh, just utter BS. Zach Phillips last year. Here we go. Um, well, Zach Phillips during this season has 15 points in 49 games. Last year he had 33 in 76. So it was better last year, just like Jared Knight, as we can continue to bounce around with this. And I know I'm probably wasting wasting your guys' time on this, but it is what it is, right? Where is he? There he is. 36 games. Three points for Jared Knight. What a great player indeed. Left winger and overall, he <laughs> he had 13. Well, what's going on here? Yeah, he had 13. No, he had three points the previous year. That's different. Okay, 19 points last year. There we go. Okay, enough. Let's move on. Let's get on to some actual Minnesota Wild hockey here before I go crazy. Do apologize for that. Didn't think I really wanted to get into that, but I did. Ottawa Senators come to Axial Energy Center. It'll be the, the last wild home game for a little while because the state high school hockey tournaments are going on right now. And congratulations to East Grand Forks Green Wave. They are the Class A champions again. Now it's on to Neil's, well, it's not his school, but it's neighborhood. It's the closest school, I guess, to him. Lakeville versus Duluth East for the Class 2A championship game. 
So there it is. We'll be talking about that later. No, well, if he comes on, I guess. So the Minnesota Wild defeat the Ottawa Senators 3-2 in a very, uh, very nice game indeed for the Wild. In fact, well, you wouldn't even call it a nice game. It's just the fact they survived. I mean, this has been a week of survival in so many ways. Andrew Hammond had 36 saves in this game. You know, it's not that Andrew Hammond finally gave up a goal or two. It's the fact that the Wild just punished the guy, peppered the guy. That's what's really exciting right now. You know, Devin Dubnik on the other end, we're cool. He's stopping everything that comes his way, at least most of the time. But we're just peppering the other goalies. It's a combination of things right now that makes me so happy, so excited to be a fan of this team. So passionate to be a fan of this team. It's unbelievable. Uh, the Minnesota Wild and Ottawa skated to uh, skated to goose egg, goose egg, obviously, after the first period. Lots of bouncing around, opportunities and such, but the goalies were doing what they do, make great, making great saves, making smart saves. You know, obviously freezing the puck at the right time, all that good stuff, poking the puck loose. It just is what it is. And then ultimately, Matt Dumba gets not one but two goals in this game. Nice passes from Mikhail Granlin and Chris Stewart. That was fantastic as Dumba was actually kind of crashing the net. He was stepping up, as they say, in the business. And Chris Stewart wrapped that puck around the net <laughs> to, a, to a crashing, as they call it, as I keep saying. Matt Dumba for his sixth goal of the year. Fifth and sixth goal of the season. Mikhail Granlin winding up with both assists as well on, on Dumba's goal. Matt... Mikhail Granlin's really been picking up the points of late, and that's been fantastic. He's actually passed Charlie Coyle in total points in the year and significantly less games due to injuries. So all of us that have been pissed off at Mikhail Granlin all season, saying how what a disappointment he's been, he's catching up again, and that's really cool. He's got 27 points right now, by the way. So very, 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 very exciting indeed to see that taking place. And then unfortunately, like clockwork, just a couple seconds later, Ottawa... Ottawa's Micah Zidbenjad gets gets his 16th goal of the year. That's obviously their top line, Bobby Ryan. Boy, 31 assists on the season. He's really picking it up, or he's really been a stud over there in Ottawa. You could pretty much say he's the best player on that team. 16th goal of the year just a few minutes later, Bobby Ryan scoring right there. <laughs> and then a technician at work, Mike Hoffman. <laughs> he's a technician at my job, and, well, I guess... I like to always tease him when I see the name Mike Hoffman on the Ottawa Senators when the Wild play him because that name seems to pop up frequently, being he's one of the one of the better players in Ottawa with his 17th assist. So he got an assist this time. Last time around, he scored two goals against the Minnesota Wild, this son of a gun, when the Ottawa Senators beat the Wild 3 to nothing. Third period was what the first period was in a lot of ways, though maybe a little more energy, a little more urgency, per se, going on on both sides of the Wild, just peppering the hell out of Matthew Hammond overall. 11 shots apiece, believe it or not, in this uh, third period. But then overtime, Ottawa Ottawa had some scares there, but Devin Dubnik made some spectacular saves, much to the delight of many of the fans. Is now, now you frequently hear, dude, when he makes a stop. For the longest time, you didn't hear that. Now, it's been picking up because fans are seeing what he is. He, he, <laughs> he's become a franchise goalie, at least right now. He looks... He looks the part. Absolutely a franchise goalie. Is there any doubt about it? Mm-mm. Man, man, man. And then off to the shootout we go and the Wild. Well, it starts off well for both teams, I suppose. Miko Koivu doing his patented backhand shot. He's scoring. Bobby Ryan scores. And then there was a bunch of back and forth. Then we get, <laughs> and then Pommonville and Turris <laughs> exchange goals. And then you start getting into the other guys who tend to be heroes later on. Guys like Niederreiter and Coyle. Well, the hero here was Charlie Coyle. Just a great play. Beating <laughs> beating Hammond. A wonderful goal indeed. And there it is. We win in the shootout. So, giving Ottawa a point, not bad. I mean, good for them. They got another point. They're trying to survive out in the East. And maybe they will if Andrew Hammond continues to do what he's been doing for the past couple of weeks. But Charlie Coyle, too bad. Obviously, it doesn't count as like a real goal. But, hey, it's a shootout goal. And... Gets the Wild two points again. Just absolutely fantastic. Beating Andrew Hammond again, one of the better goalies in the league. And it's kind of strange watching both goalies get beat in the shootout a little bit. A little scary, a little bit. But, hey, at least we won at the end of the day. 
Dominic with a wonderful stop on Mike Hoffman, <laughs> who beat the Wild last time around when Darcy Kemper or Nicholas Baxter, I can't remember who it was, but I'm pretty sure it was Kemper, was in the net last time around. Beat him twice in a 3 nothing loss in Ottawa, Quebec. Yes, sir. Nice little win for the Wild, 3-2. to two. See, the fact of the matter here is, these aren't necessarily pretty wins. It's the fact that they're wins. They're just, this this team is playing like winners right now. That's what's got me extremely excited. And this one right here, okay, Alex Ovechkin was not available, but you know what? But you know what? <laughs> Washington has been extremely talented all season. And boy, oh boy, their goalie is, uh, he had a hell of a game. There's no doubt about it. He was shutting down the wild the entire way. 28 saves in the game. Braden Holtby and Devin Dubnik was what he was. Stopped stopping 90, or excuse me, 24 shots. 96% save percentage. A 2-1 to victory for the wild in a very clamped down defensive type of game. I mean, Washington could hardly get the puck on that half the time. And that that's what made us so excited here in town. But then at the same time, over there in Washington, they were shutting the wild down as well. We couldn't get too many shots on goal. It just kind of was what it was. I mean, Alex Ovechkin's not available. Let's shut them down as best we can. Obviously, we were hoping to do that anyway. But at the same time, it certainly wasn't going to be like a shootout-type performance out there. Though Jason Pominville now. I mean, this is the other thing that's huge and that's key for this team right now. Yes, Devin Dubnik has been a constant in that. And literally a constant. Since he first, <laughs> since he first got here via trade, he has been the starting goalie in every single game. He just got pulled in the third game that he got here when he got shelled pretty bad by the Detroit Red Wings. But ever since then, he's been in net every single night and has not left until the <laughs> until the clock hits zero. But other than that, though, when it comes to scoring and big plays, big goals, great passes, this or that, a guy who's been kind of heating up and such, it's a it's like a different guy. When, when other guys kind of suddenly, they go from getting like a five points in a week or whatever, they're suddenly they're not scoring quite as much right now, then a new guy emerges. And that's a sign of a very, very good team. Maybe even a great team if things continue in the direction that they are. Jason Pominville, a guy who, well, he'd been collecting points most of the season. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, for most of the year, he's been the second leading scorer. And for even at some points when Parisi was out for a while, he got behind a bit. Pominville was the leading scorer on the team, mostly because of all the assists he'd had and, and occasional goals, timely goals. But he had a two-goal night. Zach Parisi assisting on both of them. Ryan Suter on one of them. Pominville pretty much rocket wrister type shots. And he was able to put them both in midway through that third period. And the Wild just put the clamp down after that. Devin Dubnik made the saves he needed to make. And the Wild escaped Washington. Like it's like, okay, well, we we got this one. <laughs> a game that I picked us to lose. A game that Neil, Nate Dog Thiesang picked us to lose. And again, yes, we know uh, Alex Ovechkin was not available, but at the same time, to win in Washington with all that talent, it, it's fantastic. It's wonderful. I mean, uh, they did not they did not disappoint over there in Washington. They stayed. The Seal played well, but the Wild played better, and that's what matters. And the fact that we just win games, regardless if we play well or play ugly, that has been a huge key to success during this stretch. Friday, March 6th, a back-to-back perform, a back-to-back situation. You figure that the Wild would want to sit Devin Dubnik and play Darcy Kemper. But what did they do? Well, no, they didn't do that. Devin Dubnik back in that again. You might want to give this guy a rest at some point. The last thing you want is when you're on this quote-unquote miraculous run right now. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't even say quote-unquote. It is a miraculous run. And it has been absolutely fantastic with how well the Wild have been playing. But you don't want it to come to an end. You don't want the guy to get hurt. You don't want him to run out of gas. You know how we always talk about, oh, Ryan Suter's out of, he he was gassed out there, you know. He was gassed, so that's what happened. You know, he was out of position. And, you know, we don't need that to happen to Devin Dubnik. Because if that happens to Devin Dubnik, we're right back where we started. We're losing 5-1, 5-2. We're getting our asses handed to us by Edmonton. By, by Arizona. We're, we're getting our absolute butts kicked by by the St. Louis Blues and teams like that. Dallas Stars, 7-1 to one type of game. Oh, was it 7-2? to two? Well, whatever it was. It was a horrible, bleeping game. Don't want any part of that crap. And it was a 7-1 to one game. I'm getting confused and mixed up. I'm going crazy right now because Dallas made it 6-2 to two when they got their second goal when we kicked their butts. Got a little revenge on that one and I predicted that just perfectly. 
But a perfect night for a letdown. Maybe that's what we were afraid of. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. But you know what? Screw that. Put Darcy Kemper in there. Give David Dumnik some rest. It's great that we're riding him out, and it's great that he's telling you he's perfectly fine and he's not tired at all. That's wonderful. But let's hear him say that when we're in the postseason. Let's hear him say that, that he is perfectly fine and doing wonderful when we're in the postseason. Because if he is, <laughs> I've got a really, really good feeling about this team going into the playoffs. Back to the Carolina game. Carolina kind of was what they were. Just not good. They're, they're just not good. And, and they haven't been good for a long time. And I always say, boy, how far removed they are from their, from the glory days of, well, at least glory day, glory year of the 05, 06. Carolina Hurricanes Stanley Cup Championship over the Edmonton Oilers. Mm-mm-mm. Now they're basically like the Edmonton Oilers again in terms of they're not winning. Um, Jeff Skinner got an assist in the game, played fairly well throughout the game. Riley Nash with his eighth goal of the season, and that was the only goal that Carolina would score, but it had us worried, just like last time. Last time the Wild got sloppy when they scored six goals and Carolina almost came back and won the game. <laughs> the Wild rubbed 3 nothing, then it was 3-3, but then the Wild kind of opened the floodgates and beat them. This time around, Charlie Coyle, eighth goal of the year, kind of escaped out there on a, on a bit of a breakaway and finished that thing. That was an awesome goal. Really happy for him on that one. Eighth goal of the season, Coyle continuing to be a, a solid player. Kind of like the line we had together on this one. Granlund was at center, or was it Coyle? I don't know, I don't even know. They're both out there together, basically. Nino Niederreiter. <laughs> Granlund was at center. Yep, uh, in that situation, of course. Granlund was at center, Niederreiter and Coyle. That's a nice little line. And, and it's interesting, and it's cool how Mike Yo does that. He'll shuffle lines here and there. Overall, though, the granlin pominville parisi line has been back together and they're playing really well together again. And the, and that's really cool to see. I mean, that's the most talented line the Wild have probably ever had. Uh, ultimately, like, ever in, in, in their history. And they did combine in a goal later on in the third period. Seventh goal of the season for Mikhail Granlin, which he scored against a team that isn't the Dallas Stars. That's a good thing. <laughs> Pominville Parisi assisting, and then Parisi later on with a beautiful feed from Pominville. 26th goal of the season. Parisi now has 50 points on the year, even... And, and boy, just imagine if he was fully healthy all year. Whew, Parisi is having one hell of a season indeed. He might have been on his way to an 80-point year. Now, well, he'll probably get 70-something, and that's fantastic. It's a hell of a lot better than last year. Parisi absolutely has been, wow, he's been just unbelievable all season. Just getting a million shots on goal, and regardless of how bad the Wild struggled earlier in the season... Parisi was the guy, the consistent guy out there, and that's what's fantastic. You don't really re- rely on hot streaks from Zach Parisi. He's just always there, always kicking butt. That's the other. Con- that's the other great sign of this team right here. You still you you have a leader out there that's always around, and then you have other guys kind of picking up and being heroes along the way. Hey, we'll take it <laughs> without a doubt. <clears throat> oh man, without a doubt. Carolina peppered the bleep out of Devin Dubnik because the Wild did not have a whole lot of energy in this game. They they really didn't. Uh, the first period was about as boring hockey as I've ever seen. Even though Charlie Coyle scored and that was nice and the Wild were up, that was not surprising at all. Ultimately, Carolina outshooting the Wild 38-19. to Kind of a boring first period and then Carolina just, wow, they just went on the attack the rest of the way. But luckily the Wild finished <laughs> finished the goals that they had. And Carolina couldn't do anything against Devin Dubnik. And that's a guy, again, would have been nice to have a night off. But then again, I guess this was Mike Yo saying, hey, you know what, we got to get every point we can. And Devin Dubnik saved the day, and he was absolutely the best player in the game, despite how well Parisi played and, and Granlin. <laughs> I mean, because Granlin, yeah, I mean, he had two points again in this game. Parisi, obviously, two points. Pominville, two more points. Man, those guys are all playing fantastic right now. It just tells you, you put those three together, you're, you know, good things are going to happen because all of them are playing well. But Devin Dubnik, a guy, again, who probably should have sat out the night just to get some rest, had to be the hero, and there you go. There you go. Congratulations, Mike Yo. You added another win <laughs> to the total. The Wild absolutely had to play some wonderful defense in this game as well. 25 blocks by the Minnesota Wild in this game. Doesn't it? I mean, that tells you something. <laughs> 38 shots are on goal by the Carolina the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't know why I keep saying that. Carolina Hurricanes. And then 25 shots were blocked by the Minnesota Wild. That just tells you which team had more energy in this game. 
because of the back-to-back. I mean, this Wild team's a bit tired right now. And boy, congratulations on wonderful defense in, in that sense. But still giving up 38 shots despite the 25 blocks. Damn! <laughs> Only six blocks by Carolina. Again, another stat that that is very telling. Which team was more aggressive the entire night? Which team had the puck the entire night? <laughs> it was Carolina, not the Wild. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I mean, just look at this. If you com- If you put it together... The Wild attempted 25 shots in the game. At least that were, well, that <laughs> that didn't flat out miss. They attempted 25 shots in the game that were either stopped by the goalie or stopped by a Carolina player. <laughs> Carolina attempted 73, ladies and gentlemen. That's a big number. Big, big bleeping number. All right, so there it is. 3-0 week for the Minnesota Wild. Unbelievable. And... Again, it's a team that wins games despite the fact that they probably weren't playing so well. Yet they played well enough. I mean, their defense saved the day with the blocked shots. And, of course, their goalie absolutely saved the day despite facing 37, well, 30, well, facing 38 shots, ultimately, and stopping 37 of them. That must be Mike Yo's thinking that maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> you don't want Darcy Kemper getting peppered out there because we might lose 6-1 to one to Carolina. That wouldn't, uh, that really wouldn't sit too well, would it? Hmm. My goodness. Well, so, with that, let's jump into the Players of the Week. The Mike McDonald Award is going to go to Devin Dubnik. He saved the day, ultimately. As well as this team played throughout things, he saved the day. Devin Dubnik, indeed, will get the Mike McDonald Award. James Shepard Memorial. This is always hard, especially with how well the team is playing. It's like, you don't really get any negative vibes right now with anybody. I guess, ultimately... It's going to go to Thomas Vanek, who, well, that's the other story that took place against the Carolina Panthers on Friday night. He got scratched because Jordan, you know, in, in order to make make way for Jordan Schrader. The previous night, you know, Niederreiter got scratched for injury or illness or whatever it was. Jordan Schrader was able to play the first time around. People were concerned, oh man, you got to take somebody out because of, you know, entering Chris Stewart into the lineup because it was such a surprise move. It ended up being Jordan Schrader because you didn't want to mess up that fourth line. And then now, there you go. Jordan Schrader's been hanging around. And Thomas Vanek, ultimately. <laughs> Healthy scratch when, yeah, he was he was sick. Okay, he was sick, but it was a healthy scratch. <clears throat> so he will get the James Shepard Memorial for lack of effort and lack of visibility out there on the ice. He's just not visible. He's not. Even though he's been getting points, He's he is what he is. So hopefully he can step back up and be what he's supposed to be, a goal scorer, which Jason Bobbinville absolutely has been becoming once again the past few games. And fantastic, we'll take it. So with that, we will end this long segment because of all the trades and stuff. It's got me spinning all over the place. I really hope I'm not off my game because of it. I do apologize if I am. We'll come back for a, uh, well, (laughs) a more calmed down second segment right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. back here on Brave the Wild, second segment, preview segment, and all that good stuff. We'll also talk about the standings and such here as we continue to march into this week. It's going to be a tough one. It sure is. Also, one other thing of note I got to mention, 
Man, this is episode number 97 of Brave the Wild. So what does that say? That says we're really creeping up on episode number 100 here. In fact, probably this month, as long as I keep them coming out week by week. Much to the chagrin of some of you and much to the delight of others. (laughs) Episode 100 is coming. Man, isn't that something? So Brave the Wild is going to make it to episode number 100. I think that's really cool. I have nothing planned yet. We'll see. I mean, I'll probably get some nostalgic type stuff put together. We'll see. I mean, it just is what it is. And But it's also very exciting to see this show reach triple digits once and for all. Let's get to work here. Segment number two, previews and all that good stuff. A very, 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 very familiar team comes to Exit Energy Center post the whole Cody McLeod uh, cheap shot on McCall Granlund. That drew the ire of, well, Charlie Coyle and many others. This is why, in a lot of ways, we got Chris Stewart on this team. But good on Charlie Coyle for being what he is. Going out there and being physical and saying, hey, you know what, Cody? Nah. <laughs> That's not going to happen here. Chris Stewart brought on to continue that direction, to bring in some more toughness. Colorado Avalanche come to town in the Wilder. Definitely, the Wilder absolutely going to win this game. We have the Avalanche's number, and I love that. That means we're going to lose, doesn't it? No, I freaking hope not. I freaking hope not. That would be devastating. It would be disappointing. I do think the Wild will win the game. Varlamov will be what he is, a valuable, uh, wonderful goalie for the Colorado Avalanche. Injuries have absolutely uh, hurt this team, but at the same time, mentally, they're not what they're supposed to be, and it seems like <laughs> it seems like Patrick Waugh is kind of, a, kind of a thug of a coach right now, and that's on him. I mean, it really is. Wouldn't be surprised if that had something to do with it. Landis Clog is a kind of a tough guy to deal with out there as well. We won't be seeing Nathan McKinnon. He's he's out for six to eight weeks, so there you go with that one. He's out for a long time, unfortunately. I don't know why they're not listing it on here. Um, that's kind of irritating because I do know he's out. Colorado, well, they managed to score a goal last time, and yeah, they did manage to score one goal. So congratulations. It was kind of a lucky bounce. And they were getting a little bit too excited about that. And I don't know what they were so excited about. They were losing 3 nothing anyway, the idiots. But that is what it is. So we'll celebrate my brother's uh, <laughs> my brother's 37th birthday with a victory over the Colorado Avalanche in a five-game sweep. A far cry from a seven-game nail-biter that ended up going to overtime. And it took a bounce off the post with a, off a wonderful shot from Neil Niederreiter to win the thing. Mm-hmm. Far cry from that, isn't it? And it feels good to be on the winning side of one of those. Boy, it would suck to be on the other side. <laughs> Wouldn't it, though? I'm going to pick the Wild to win this one 3-1. to one. We probably wouldn't dare put Darcy Kemper in there, but then again, maybe we could. He got two shutouts against Colorado earlier this year, so, hey, you know, it's like, why not? Why not put him in there? He's got two shutouts. He's got no goals against the Colorado Avalanche. So there you go. Dubnik has allowed a goal. So, see, there there it is. There, there it is. You got to put Kemper in because Dubnik's allowed a goal against Colorado. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Wild win 3 1 over Colorado. We have their number. End of story. That was, of course, Sunday, March the 8th. Tuesday, March the 10th. Ooh, the New Jersey Devils come to town. I don't even know who they are anymore. You know, I mean, it's a completely different team. Okay, Patrick Elias is still there. Gomez is there. Uh, they've had a, <laughs> Michael Camilleri is there, obviously a member of the Calgary Flames for a long time, and Montreal Canadiens, and this team and that team. Uh-huh. Michael Ryder is on the New Jersey Devils, and they're one game under five hundred. Wilder hosting this game on Tuesday, the 10th. No reason for me to believe that the Wild would lose this one, other than unfortunately the Wild did lose in New Jersey back on November the 11th. Not sure what the hell was going on in that case. Uh, Schneider is a decent goalie, Corey Schneider, in New Jersey. But again, I mean, this team, uh, they traded away Yarmer Yager, Yaromer Yager, who came back after retiring. He just decided, okay, I'm going to come back anyway. I, I was just kidding about retiring. And ultimately wound up with the Florida Panthers because, <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> because New Jersey's not a competitive team. And at least Florida's got a shot of making the playoffs. Would have liked to see... Yarmer Yager on a team that's more likely to make it, though. As long as it's not like the Blackhawks or something. And Corey Schneider, in all fairness, has been absolutely fantastic for the New Jersey Devils. A team that is, again, one game under five hundred. <laughs> he has been 24-24 and on the year. So he's pretty much been in that almost every <laughs> Just about. And he's, uh, well, his goals against average is 2.18. Four shutouts on the season. Save percentage just under 
absolutely fantastic for a team that has not been very good. They're just, you know, they're either old or they're starting over. I don't know what they are. They're kind of in, they're kind of all over the place. They are what they are. I've always liked Michael Camilleri, but he's getting older. Martin Havlat's a fourth liner that no one cares about anymore because he sucks, and I'm glad he's not here. That was nice, even though Danny Heatley kind of had a similar fate. It just didn't happen quite as quickly as it did with Martin Havlat. What a piece of garbage he is. Minnesota Wild, boy, it's going to be kind of a goalies duo. But, again, the Wild were playing fairly well in early November. In fact, yeah, but... Uh, I got a better vibe in this one. I think the Wild win again. I mean, I can't pick against this team right now. They're playing fantastic. I think the Wild beat the New Jersey Devils 2-1. Two 2-1. to one. Two to one. It's going to be low scoring. Might even be one nothing in there. 1-1 one one and then a shootout type of thing. It's going to be one of those grinded out, not very fun to watch type of games, but the goalies are going to be fantastic down the stretch in this one. That is my definite opinion in that one. And then here we go. This is it. This is it. If you're legit, you start kicking some butt here. And it's not going to be easy at all. I mean, just look at the next, oh my God, at the next five games coming up. I'm just going to mention them. Of course, Friday and Saturday, I'm going to preview the games. Oh man, oh man, oh man. (laughs) But yeah, Friday, we host the Anaheim Ducks. Saturday, we head to St. Louis, back to back. (laughs) Yeah, you can't really... Rest Dubnik in those two, unless you're willing to give up a point against a very, you know, against a team that's ahead of us right now in the standings. Oh, and then by the way, Tuesday we head to Nashville, Tennessee, a team that's lost five games in a row, by the way, which does show that <laughs> anything can happen in this league. The Wild have won 900 games in a row, practically. No, they're like 17, what, 17 and three, pretty much since Dubnik got here. Unbelievable since Dubnik got here. 17, three and one, I believe. Yeah, because we lost that. Uh, that overtime th- thriller, yeah, right? Against <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets. But no, yeah, we head to Nashville. We host Washington. So Washington's back again, and probably with a Vetchkin, but at least it'll be here. That's on Thursday, March 19th. Saturday, the 21st, we host the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. That is a extremely tough five-game stretch. Then, eh, we head to Toronto. We better win that one much later. And then a back-to-back, we have to go play the New York Islanders. So it's like... Yeah, you play Toronto on Monday, but then Tuesday, the 24th, you head right to the New York Islanders, who are one of the top teams in the East. Yikes. It's a tough schedule. So, it's going to be uh, very, very, very fascinating. The rest of March, for the most part, is going to be huge. You wrap up the month of March. I might as well just finish it up. Calgary comes here on Friday the 27th, and on Saturday. Another back-to-back. The LA Kings come to St. Paul and Extra Energy Center. Man, oh man, oh man. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. If the Wild come out of this month playing as well as they have been. Wow. Uh, This team, are you ready for this, folks? This team could win the Stanley Cup. (laughs) Yes, this team could win the Stanley Cup. They are, uh, whatever it was, they woke up. I mean, all the young players that were playing like garbage, they're playing significantly better. The goalie is unbelievable. And then the leaders of the team, like Zach Parisi especially, Zach Parisi, especially, has been having an unbelievable season, despite some injuries, and of course, what took place with the elder J.P. Parisi. So, yeah, I mean, wow. If the Wild do survive this month playing as well as they have been, this team absolutely is a Stanley Cup contender. And that is not a homer talking. This is the best, the best stretch of hockey I have seen from an NHL franchise in Minnesota since... (laughs) I've turned on the TV set and watched hockey. Okay, the only exception could be the 91 North Stars, because look who they beat. You know, look what they did. They beat the Blackhawks, and they beat the Blues, and they beat the Stanley Cup champion Oilers, and then they got, well, they were competitive early on, and then they got throttled in the final two games or so against that team, unfortunately. Heartbreaker. It's because of that Game 4, actually. It's pretty much what cost the North Stars that series. Maybe even Game 5 as well. But, um, yeah going all over the place, but this team could win the Stanley Cup, folks. And they absolutely would have won the Stanley Cup had, <laughs> I'd say, game one of the postseason started when Devin Dubnik first went into the net. The Wild would have been Stanley Cup champions. So, hopefully this will continue. Hopefully. Again, regardless of how well you're playing, sometimes teams hit a wall and it can be real ugly. And Nashville is an example. So that is the thing we pray. We pray in this town we can avoid. Without a doubt. Anaheim Ducks, Friday, 
March the 13th, come to Exile Energy Center. Do I pick a win? Do I pick a loss? I'm not sure, but Anaheim has the best record in hockey now. They are the number one team in all of hockey. That's quite unfortunate. Um, they pretty much have everything you'd need. I mean, you know, Chris Perry, Corey Perry, what am I talking about? Corey Perry, Getzloff, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Lynn Holm is just coming out wrong. Um, they have all these young stars that have that were good draft picks over the years. Just one good draft pick after another. And they had wonderful veterans. Now, of course, Solani is retired, unfortunately for them. But they're still, well, atop the league. And they've been up top the league almost the entire season. Anaheim has beaten the Wild twice this season, unfortunately. The Wild have played them remarkably competitive, though, the entire year. A 2-1 to gutted out loss Friday the uh, the 17th of October when Darcy Kemper was actually playing well. And then when Kemper and Baxter were sucking it up, the Wild still extremely competitive December the 5th in a 5-4 to loss to the Anaheim Ducks in that one. This game is in National Energy Center. You know, it's like I want to pick a win in every single game, and well, there's one here I can definitely think. I can definitely safely pick them to lose. I'll pick them to win this one. Um, the Wild will at least get a victory. They will lose. They will finish the season series losing two to one to the Anaheim Ducks, but they'll win this game three to two in a very competitive statement type of game. Uh, in my opinion, it might go to overtime, possibly a shootout, but I think the Wild win this one in a very defensive-minded type of game with enough offense to make it a 3-2 to two game. That's how I stand on this one. As we head into St. Louis, yeah, <laughs> Saturday, March the 14th, back-to-back situation, the Wild do not win. <laughs> they do not win. The St. Louis Blues have had the Wild's number. Yes, Anaheim appears to have had the Wild's number, but the Blues are an absolute pain-in-the-ass type of team. This series is just getting started, and unfortunately the Blues are going to take a, well, a 2-1 to lead in this series, though the Wild did get a point last time around, because they hate the Blues. I mean, Bacchus has got to be one of the most unpopular guys in the history of of Wild opponents. I mean, everybody hates Bacchus, and I don't blame anyone for that. Devin Dubnik is, uh, I don't know, I mean, can you sit him in, in either of those games? I'm not sure, but this is going to wear the guy out. Oh, man. They should have sat him down against Carolina, possibly, or possibly against Edmonton earlier on. I'm not sure. This is going to be a really tough one in Scott Trade Center. Mm -mm -mm. Scott Trade Center, St. Louis, the Wild do not, do not win this one. I can't pick anybody to score four goals against the Wild, but I will have St. Louis scoring three. Yeah, because either way, Dubnik is going to be re- going to be tired of the back-to-back playing against Anaheim <laughs> and stopping, you know, 36 shots or something against that team. And he's going to face 36 to 40 more against St. Louis, I, I gather. A team that's only four points behind the National Predators right now. They are breathing down the Predators' ba- uh, necks right now. They're going to win this one 3-1, to one, unfortunately. I think the Wild only get one goal in this game. Only one. That sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, Brian Elliott has been, he's been good for the most part. Allen's been good. I've always liked Brian Elliott, Brian Elliott, pardon me, but sometimes he has a bad game and you can only hope that, you. I mean, yeah, sometimes he has a gaffe. They happen sometimes, and Allen is a guy that's more than capable as well. Um, Jake Allen, of course, three shutouts on the season, six, 17 and 6. It's kind of like a platoon over there. But Elliott getting more playing time at this point in time, even though Allen is the goalie of the future there in St. Louis. Boy, I mean, I was thinking, like, if Devin Dubnik didn't work out, Brian Elliott would be a guy I would go after in the offseason if St. Louis is willing for the trade. And I've mentioned that a bajillion times. But again, I will go with a 3-1 to loss for the Wild in a in a frustrating game to watch, in my humble opinion. The the, the St. Louis Blues are going to outwork the Wild. the Wild. The Wild will be tired, and the Blues always... Seem to pick, seem to beat the Wild, regardless of the situation. Last season, the Wild did play the Blues well. This season, they played them well in the one game back in November the 29th, and that was back when we started to stink. <laughs> that was back when we started to stink. So we we're figuring them out, but I don't like them in this situation. So that's where I'm standing I, with this one. Unfortunately, I just don't have the Wild winning this one. It just is what it is. So, with that, let's take a look at how things are going throughout the league right now. I mean, what a fantastic 
What a fantastic stretch to spend for the Wild since Devin Dubnik has taken, has taken the pipes, man. I mean, what what a run indeed. The Minnesota Wild are the fifth seed in the Western Conference, and I can't believe I'm saying it. They are now three points ahead of the Winnipeg Jets. Remember when every soul, anybody, would tell you there's no way the Minnesota Wild are going to pass the, the, the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, what, 13 points behind? 14 points behind? 11, 12 points behind? We're not catching the Jets. Yeah, and there was a time where we were six, seven points behind earlier on. Um, well, I mean, if we're going to make the playoffs, you got to pass the Jets. So we will, I mean, that, that's the hope. I think ultimately we will. It was stuff like that. And then it got to a point, there's no way in hell we're passing the Jets. You just got to hope and pray somebody like San Jose falls off the face of the earth, which they had done until recently. Two two wins in a row for them, so they're trying to creep back in it. But now the Wild, sole possession of the number one uh, wild card team, <laughs> of the num- number one wild card spot, and fifth overall in the conference with 79 points. Just fantastic. Patrick Kane, of course, being out for quite a while. The Wild are now only four points behind the Chicago Blackhawks. Unbelievable. Four points. Six points behind the Blues. And only ten points behind the National Predators. And yes, I'm saying only because of how well we're playing and how they're suddenly hitting a snide because, well, doggone it, we just had to go out there and beat them last week. Well, doggone it. I'm sorry we had to do that. (laughs) We had to do what we had to do. Vancouver... And Calgary are holding the Pacific Division, the, the two and three spots in the division leaders, with 76 points. The Wild lead them in the standings overall in the Western Conference. Fantastic. LA Kings, though, watch out. They are what they are. <laughs> they are what they are. They are the defending champions. They actually have one, they have played one less game than the Wild, and they are 10 games above 500 and only two points behind the Winnipeg Jets. So, again, watch out for the LA Kings. And, of course, you can never, and I mean never, <laughs> take the Winnipeg Jets lightly. They are a pain in the freaking ass, to be quite frank. One other awesome statistic, though, that tells you just how well this team is playing. Remember how awful the, the Wilds' goal differential was earlier in the season when they were playing like crap? We're now a plus 19. That's fantastic. <laughs> Calgary still amazingly is a plus 20, even though they're only third in the Pacific Division. Anaheim is only a plus 14 versus... Calgary's plus 20, so it just tells you how good Calgary is when they're playing well. I do think they will make the playoffs, and I think they will hold that third spot in the Pacific Division, maybe second, if they can pass up Vancouver, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do. God, I hate Vancouver so much. (laughs) Oh, man. Chicago, though, I mean, yeah, obviously you can never, ever, ever take them lightly, regardless of who's healthy, who isn't. Who's playing well and who isn't? Chicago Blackhawks are a pain in the ass, <laughs> without a doubt, for this franchise. We still are yet to beat them in a playoff series, but, but the North Stars sure did many years ago. <laughs> Wasn't that fun? Mm-mm-mm. No real reason to go out east other than, well, New Jersey sucks. The Wild better beat them, you know? Yeah, other than that, it's going to be a Western Conference showdown throughout this week and throughout this month. It's going to be scary. And, of course, April is what it is. It's going to be quite a grind for the Wild going against Western Conference foes that have pretty damn good records, and they've been good recently as well. Teams like the LA Kings and such, San Jose Sharks. It's going to be quite a grind. Hopefully they can continue. Shall we check up on on the Iowa Wild very briefly? Eh, might as well. What the hell? Could wrap up the show with that. Uh, boy, it's like a Jared Knight. Is he is he finally scoring points? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Probably not. Let's get things where they need to be here. That would help. I mean, Krajewak has been fantastic. He's been a fantastic seventh round pick for Chuck Fletcher. Another Eric, another Eric Halla, hopefully, who quieted down on the scoring, but he still was wonderful out there and deserving of playing time. Forty points in fifty seven games, nineteen goals in the season. He's going to find his way on the wild roster at some point. Um, it's like, yeah, I was talking about how the cupboards are pretty bare down in Iowa, just like they were many years ago with the wild in 2009. But the prospects are up in the NHL. It's kind of a, you know, it's a generational thing right now with the wild. They're, this is the generation of the wild right now. The Grandlins and the Niederreiters and such are all on the wild now. All the hot prospects that were down in Iowa slash Houston, or overseas, or in juniors, are pretty much on the wild. Outside of <laughs> outside of other guys, you know, like there's really nobody on Houston right now. You still have Mario Lucia. Of course you have Tuck, 
uh, you know, and, and others out there. But right now, you know, in Houston, for the most part, it is <laughs> pretty much Grayovac right now when it comes to prospects. And he was just a seventh-round pick, but one that is playing fantastic. So overall, overall, Chuck Fletcher's record looks pretty good still. It looks strong for the most part, despite the fact <laughs> I was definitely going through a tough period right now. You can only hope for the best down there. They could sure use a goalie. <laughs> they sure could. They are struggling right now at goalie. John Curry, Gustafson, ah, eh, they're okay, but they're certainly not good. Mm-mm, not good for the most part. So with that, let's wrap this thing up. I think the Wild have a positive week, but not a perfect week. They will have, I think they're going to have six out of eight points this week. Maybe five. Maybe they lose in a shootout against uh against the Anaheim Ducks, you would hope and pray they do not lose to Colorado or New Jersey. Those are four points the Wild absolutely need to get this week. (laughs) Because when you have Anaheim and St. Louis coming around, the odds of getting four points in those two games are very, very slim. You better get the points when they're there. You better beat those teams. Plain and bleeping simple. So before I screw up and forget, let's get to the Facebook page because there's some commenting going on right now. It's very much appreciated. If you'd like to join the Facebook page for Brave the Wild, simply type in Brave the Wild Minnesota Wild Show on the Facebook search. Go there, click like. Would be greatly appreciated. If there's one that says group, don't go there. Go to the one that says page Brave the Wild. Would be greatly appreciated. So I was talking about the whole trade of Zach Phillips, which is very telling. It's a telling trade type of situation. It's a guy, it's a first round pick that completely flopped, and that's disappointing. And I had something to say. Ultimately, was the Wild officially gave up on the 2011 first-round pick, which was 28th overall. We received via the San Jose Sharks in the Brent Burns trade by trading Zach Phillips to the Boston Bruins system for fellow bust Jared Knight. Only Charlie Coyle remains. It's now officially Burns for Coyle. So we got some comments here. Sebastian Ball saying, Coyle is really good. (laughs) If we can win a cup, it'll all be worth it. Well, yeah. I mean, without a doubt, I do think... I mean, I do agree that his offensive side is improving, ultimately with Coyle. And, you know, he's great along the wall, great in traffic. All that good stuff, his wall game, as they call it. Honestly, I never liked Burns. He was way too consistent and injury-prone, ultimately. Sebastian saying he was a wing when he came to us in 06, that being Brent Burns. He actually came to us officially via the draft uh, in 2003, the 2003 draft. He was a wing. But, yeah, I mean, you get the idea. Uh, He says he was a wing when he came to us in 06. We made him into a defensive player. It wasn't natural. I agree with that. He said, yes, he he was good, not great. I like us getting Leopold for mentoring reasons, and he deserves a cup and a chance to get one. Absolutely. You know, absolutely fantastic there, Sebastian. And I hope we can bring him that. I mean, you have no idea just how much. (laughs) I hope, well, I'm sure you do have an idea, but you get the idea. (laughs) How much I would like... Jordan Leopold to get a Stanley Cup here in Minnesota. How emotional would that be? And one other very, very final thing. Look at all these championship gopher players on the Wilds roster right now overall. Unfortunately, one of them is out for the year with Keith Ballard, but hey, he won the 03 National Championship. He was on the own, uh, on the 02 one as well, but I believe he was just a freshman. The 03 team, he was a much bigger piece on that team. Keith Ballard. You have <laughs> Jordan Leopold, who was like a legend. The last time he ever played uh, as a member of a Minnesota team in XL Energy Center, he, he won a championship. So there it is. He's on Minnesota, a Minnesota team again that plays in, I mean, playing in XL Energy Center. Hopefully he can win a championship again. So it's, it's an interesting way of going about it. It's not the last time he played in XL Energy Center, but it's the last time he wore a, a Minnesota jersey of any kind there. He won the championship. So hopefully... And it was a significant one. It wasn't, I mean, high school is significant, but college is that next level. That, that's a big deal. I mean, those do not happen very often when you win a national championship, regardless of how good your program is. How many national championships does Duke basketball have? I mean, they, they have some, but <laughs> they don't happen that often, man. They won their last in 02, so there it is. It just tells you. Just tells you. Very cool. Hopefully you can get that. And, of course, Thomas Vanek, the MVP of the 2003 Gophers that won the second straight national championship. He was just a freshman, made an awesome move, putting the Gophers up 2-1. to one. Ultimately, the Gophers won, I think, 5-1. to one. He opened the floodgates in that game because it was a fairly tight battle until things opened up after that awesome goal, that great move he made when he started to kind of break away. Oh, and he beat the New Hampshire goalie. And 
He was the most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament. So here he is back in a Minnesota jersey again. Hopefully he can win a championship, but he sure as heck better get, <laughs> better get out of the press box or illness box, whatever it is <laughs> that he's in right now. Thomas, get get healthy and start playing. Start playing with some more passion than you have been. Damn it, that would be greatly appreciated, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, though? All right, let's wrap up the show. Thanks again for listening. Do tell a friend about it if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. Give me a positive rating on iTunes. Four star, five star, three star, whatever it is. Anything less than that, eh, it's not necessary. (laughs) You have a, you know, it's your own choice. Freedom of speech, all that good stuff. But would prefer, if you like the show, to, to post a review on there. It would be great, you know, that would be nice. It only helps the show. Possibly a new listener that might be looking at wild podcasts and stuff. It might be encouraging to hear from someone that likes the show rather than somebody just dissing it and trolling around on on there because they got nothing better to do. It'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks again. In advance, do tell a friend, like I said earlier. And, well, we'll be back next week where hopefully we can come out of this thing feeling good about the Minnesota Wild continuing their quest for the Cup. (laughs) 